Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. In this segment in our neighborhood spotlight, we are featuring Ascot in Swanee. Would you believe that there are more American households with pets than American households with children? I wouldn't believe that. And what's a list of plants you should never prune in spring? You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. And don't forget, we want to connect with you. It's easy to do that. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S, radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back or challenge anything we say. You can share your ideas with us. You can request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, and you can subscribe to our podcast. We would love you to be a podcast subscriber. In this week's edition, for those of you who listen every week, you know that we typically pick one specific metro Atlanta neighborhood to call out critical changes to help you know as an owner of a home in that particular neighborhood whether or not you have a particular advantage. We are featuring Ascot, which is in Swanee, which is in Gwinnett County. From 285, take Peachtree Industrial North to Swanee Dam Road and go left. Then you turn left on the Moore Road. This is such a beautiful corridor. If you've never, ever seen this, that Moore Road corridor is just beautiful. And you have such nice neighborhoods there. The subdivision will be on your right. Let's take a look at the statistics for the neighborhood. This is going to be over the last few years. I'm uh, uploading it here, opening it here on my laptop. I am, by the way, paper-friendly. I used to use paper printouts when I would do these radio shows, and I have not used those in four or five or six shows, and I am making it work, and I am saving trees. I'm being environmentally friendly. Again, this is Ascot, which is Swanee and Gwinnett County. Over the last three years, in 2020, there were a total of seven homes. Now, there's 182 plus or minus homes in the neighborhood, which means we would expect closer to 12 or 14 sales to take place each year in the neighborhood. In 2020, there were seven homes sold. They took 15 days from the time they were listed to the time they went under contract, and the average sales price was 421500 That ranged from a low of 350000 up to a high of 500000 and homes sold for 1% less than they were listed for, so they sold for a 1% discount. In 2021, there were five homes sold, two less than the year before. The days on the market went to five from 15. 15 is short. Five is really short. Average sales price bumped up $140,000 to $567,000 year over year. That ranged from a low of 485 to a high of 710000 and homes sold for 3.1% more than they were listed for. The prior year, 1% less. 2020, 3% more. In 2022, 10 homes sold. Again, we would expect there to be more like 12 or 14 sold in the neighborhood or 12 or 13 sold in the neighborhood. They took an average of 20 days from the time they went on the market to the time they went under contract. The average sales price, $651,000, which is an $80,000 increase over the prior year. So prices went up $140,000 from 2020 to 2021 another 80,000 from 2021 to 2022. Those prices range from a low of 490,000 up to a high of 750,000 and home sold for 0.9% more than their list price. There's currently one home available for sale in the neighborhood. It is listed at $600,000 on the nose based on sales patterns over the prior year and the fact that there were 10 homes sold in the past 365 days in that neighborhood. It should take 1.2 months to sell that one home in the neighborhood. 
the way we determine that is if we it is a seller's market by the way but we take the number of homes sold in the last 365 days divided by 12 see how much inventory we have available and see how many months it should take to sell that inventory if you have less than four months worth of inventory it is a seller's market so ascot is still a screaming seller's market at 1.2 months worth of inventory if you have four to five months worth of inventory, it's a balanced market. If you have more than five months worth of inventory, it is a buyer's market. The total equity in the neighborhood from 2010 to 2022, 10, 12 years, prices went from an average of 222000 in the neighborhood up to a high of 651000 which means homeowner equity in that neighborhood has increased $62.3 million dollars. In a 12-year period, the elementary school is Level Creek. The middle school is North Gwinnett, and the high school is North Gwinnett High School. North Gwinnett High School gets a school chimp score of 100. It is a good, good school. If you want to, if you're the type of parent who doesn't want to monkey around with your kid's education or the school's effect on home values, get a school chimp report. It's easy. Go to gogaddisradio.com, click on school chimp, put in a little information, and it will send the report directly to you. Also. The place you need to be searching for homes for sale in Metro Atlanta is really only one location, and you need to search SureMLS.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com. If you are not finding what you're looking for, searching on other sites or Zillow or Realtor.com or something like that, give SureMLS.com a try, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com. Pulls listings from both listing services, and you might just decide that um, because we pull them from both listing services, we have more properties in there for you to look at. Let's actually jump into some statistics. More households in the United States today have pets than have children. The share of families with children living in homes that are under 18 has continued to decline in the U.S. It's really interesting. I look at our growth in our population, and I keep thinking that, you know, if we add a million immigrants every year, but our population's only growing a million seven or a million eight or less than two million a year, then we're not really having babies faster than people are, are dying out. And I'm sure there are economists out there who are experts in all of this. But it seems to me like our population would be growing faster than it is. Anyway, the share with children in 2022 stood at 40%, down from 48% in 2002. Two reasons. Birth rates overall have been declining, and then there is a large share of baby, baby boomers uh, whose children may have less than left the nest already. In the past 20 years, pet ownership has steadily risen. I don't know if you had to guess what percentage of the households in the United States have a pet, but this number is way higher than I would have thought it was. 70% of American households own a pet, up from 56% in 1988. Throughout COVID-19, Americans adopted pets for companionship and for entertainment. I sure get it. Uh, as I went through my change in life and got a divorce over the last few years, I have three dogs at home. Unfortunately, I only have two now. Uh, one of them, the, the old grandma, unfortunately, uh, is not with us anymore. But those dogs were amazing companionship for me, and it was amazing. And like I had other people living in the house, and that Americans are investing a significant amount of time and financial resources toward their animals. It is so interesting. Uh, in 2003, 13.2% 13, of Americans spent time with their pets every day. In 2021, it was 197 and 22.8% of women spend time with their pets on a daily basis. Listen to this. Pet industry expenditures have grown from 
$3 billion in 2012 to $123.6 billion in 2021. It's no surprise that some home buyers actually consider their pets the most important factor when making a home buying decision among, among all unmarried couples. Nearly one-third of buyers considered their pet when deciding their neighborhood the neighborhood they should purchase in. 14% of married couples decided the same one quarter of single women considered or factored in their pet in terms of making a decision as to where they wanted to buy as well. There is no doubt that pets rule the world. 70% of households with pets, 40% with children in the household. That is amazing statistic for me. As a as spring fever comes upon us, and I am catching spring fever so bad, for those of you who've listened to the show for years and years, you know I am a yard fanatic. My yard is not perfect, uh, but I spend a lot of time and effort and money on that yard, and I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction. My mother said one time that she spent a lot of money and time in her yard because it was cheaper than getting therapy, and I, she meant from a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and the reality is the more stressed out I get, the more likely you are to see me out uh, in my yard working on something. I've got a cool little garden shed out there, and it's a big Bermuda yard with a lot of natural area and different plants here and there, and um, I have some of the ones in my yard that you are not supposed to prune early. So spring fever makes us want to spring cone in our homes and, and, and our gardens as well, and I want to encourage you not to be too eager to pick up the shears and pruners on some flowering plants. Um, there is a list of flowers that you should not prune. The first one on the list is lilacs. You prune lilacs instead immediately after the blooms finish because buds for the next year's flowers form right after the flowers fade, so don't wait too long. Number two, forsythia. I don't have any forsythia in my yard. Forsythia is so beautiful. Uh, it, it goes from these just little innocuous sticks to this explosion of yellow color. And so forsythia, you do not prune in the spring. Brilliant yellow blooms explode on forsythias in the spring. But you need to hold off on pruning these shrubs very early in the season because those forsythia buds form on the old wood. Wait until the flowers open and fade before you start cutting. Next one is azaleas. I never even thought anybody would consider pruning azaleas. I have I grew up in Atlanta and azaleas were everywhere. And you know you don't prune them. You prune them in the fall or the winter time if they need to be pruned at all. But it says don't take the cutters to azaleas in very early in very early spring. Wait until immediately after the blooms are finished to cut seems like i might have been uh doing it at the wrong time i love i have a few sets a few uh encore azaleas that actually bloom twice during the year and that's so cool an oak leaf hydrangea i do have an oak leaf hydrangea in my yard and they set buds on the previous year's wood so don't prune them in very early spring if you do cut them back wait until just after the blooms finished it is so funny oak leaf hydrangeas are so ugly during the fall and the winter but they are so beautiful once they just pop out and they've got those big old oak looking leaves they're really amazing and i just love hydrangeas in fact tammy slay many of you listen to tammy slay on this show every once in a while and her favorite flower she's my girlfriend and her favorite flower on earth is a hydrangea and she likes them any color she likes them red she likes them blue she likes them white another plant you should not prune is honeysuckle Honeysuckles are fast-growing vines or shrubs with a honey-sweet fragrance to keep them healthy and vigorous. Remove dead, disease, and damaged vines at the stems at any time, but don't prune. And then clematis, 
Uh, check the label when you purchased, whenever you purchased it to know when yours blooms. If your clematis blooms in early spring, prune it to shape it just after the flowers fade. We appreciate you joining us for another week's edition of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. We'll be back next Saturday at 9 a.m. We look forward to talking to you then, Atlanta. Have a great week.